Uh, what's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Andrew. I'm with uh, Brad, and today we've got a special guest with uh, our friend Bridger. This is the Two Cents Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. So, um, Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Before we started recording, we were just talking about how Kanye <laughs> is now in the running for the presidential election. Um, I don't really have any thoughts. <laughs> Brad? Bridger? Anything? <laughs> yeah, I have a lot. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> so, uh, first and foremost, I think we should say Happy Independence Day, everybody. Happy Independence Day. Happy 4th of July. <laughs> yep, I hope you guys are drunk. I hope you guys are smoking. I hope you guys are lighting fireworks. Hope you're having fun. Hope you're having a good time. Enjoying uh, your freedom. Kanye, <laughs> running for president, confirmed 2020. Dude, that's what the, I mean... He's on the ballot for the remainder of the states that are voting for the, what, the preliminaries? What do you call them? I think it's the primaries. The primaries. He's in the primaries. He's in the primary running, and he's running as an independent so, four months out. What do you think Kanye's platform is? Like, what is, what's he running on? Dude, I don't even fucking know. Because I know that he and Gap just signed a deal, so... Oh, they did. That's right. He knew. Is he Gap? Oh, really? <laughs> the clothing yeah. company. Yeah. The clothing oh, that company fits Gap. His brand. It definitely fits. I mean, it's a Gap is kind of a. But does POTUS bit... fit the brand? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think POTUS fits the brand. <laughs> no, dude. But I don't know. It's just like, what the fuck does he stand for? You know. I mean, he's a very vocal person and he's very emotional. But I just don't know what his political views are. Yeah, like, as far as I'm aware. I, like, he supports, question mark, Trump? <laughs> I did in the 2016, yeah. and to be fair, he did warn us back then that he was going to be running in 2020. Yeah, but I <laughs> thought he was going to, like, be actually running, not yeah, just, like, not just popping, popping in. Yeah, not just real late. <laughs> Dude, this is... This is news that's broken today, correct? Like, we're just so. out here about like, this? I don't even have solid confirmation. We have Twitter screenshots, I believe it was. <laughs> well, <laughs> Gotta love we know Twitter. how reliable those are. <laughs> oh, they're basically the news nowadays. Uh, when I looked up Kanye West, the first thing was Kanye West president. He declares he will run. It is on The Guardian, so I think that's pretty official. Okay, that's uh, a more official news news cycle, or news source, rather. Um... Is there anything specific that they talk about? Because I would love to know what his platform is. Or even, like, the So, thing. His, his official announcement, I believe, his tweet states, We must now realize the promise of America by trusting God, unifying our vision and building our future. I am running for president of the United States. Hashtag 2020 vision. <laughs> okay. Well, he's... The only one who did the obvious thing and did the 2020 vision thing. So uh-huh. he did what we no got one it. else was brave enough to do. <laughs> yeah, he we got to give him some brownie one. points there. He pulled that one out. I have to admit. And also, just in case y'all are unaware, I didn't know. Uh, his name on Twitter is just Yee. Yee? Just Yee? Yeah, just Not Yee. even Yeezy? Just Yee. Y-E. Yeah, At Kanye Yee. West. Well. The man, the myth, the legend doesn't even need three <laughs> fucking letters. Anymore. Everybody knows who he is, bro. No, no need to. Oh, hey, you, you got them yees? <laughs> Yo, He's I just got those new yees. <laughs> um, is there, like, a website that he has? Is he, is he actually, is he like, platform? <laughs> like, is he doing something legit with this? Or is this a fucking prank? Because I feel like in 2016, when he initially said that he was going to run in 2020, it was a fucking gaffe, and everyone made a joke of it. But if he's actually, like, on the ballots in some of the states, you know, that's a, 
That's next level shit. <laughs> All right, so there's a Wikipedia page. Uh, it was created under an hour ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is breaking news, breaking son. Okay. News. Um, but it's got some history to it, going back to 2015 when he announced he would be re- running for president okay. in 2020. Okay, okay. That was September of 2015. He later reaffirmed to Vanity Fair that he was considering it. And then apparently he mentioned it in his song, Facts, in November of 2016. So, like, he's spitting facts. He's going to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just got to break break the, the cycle <laughs> the way that we're used to doing it. He's like, I'm just going to hop in late game and be the and landslide victory. <laughs> everyone votes for Kanye. Holy shit. Okay, I really need to know what he's, what he's uh, advocating for because, like... Okay, well, I found a quote from him, I think... At the Grammys, saying when I run for president in 2024, we would have created so many jobs that I'm not going to run. I'm going to walk. And I'm not even entirely sure what that means. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was running in 2020. I thought that's what, like, even back in 2015, that's what he was saying. So is, is that supposed to state that, like... He's, his 2020 election is going to be so good that he won't need to run in 2024? Or is it... I guess. ...saying that he's already affirming his, you know, second leg as... Or second term, rather, as president? Yeah, I think That's it's... That's a his, bold fucking claim. Yeah, he's so <laughs> confident that he's winning the presidency in 2020 that he's saying he's not or, even... He's going to create so many goddamn jobs that he doesn't even need to run. He's going to walk to presidency <laughs> in 2024. Maybe he's... This is all part of his plan. He's going to jump in late game 2020. No mm-hmm. one's going to take him seriously, but he's going to be like a position on the ballot next to Biden and Trump, you know, with all this... All this. <laughs> Crazy going on, and so then twenty twenty four of an election we he's have. Like, All right, I've got a shot this time. Twenty twenty four, my name's already been out there, and as far as politics go, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> now I can actually be taken seriously. Kanye yeah. West, you know that's 2024. not That's not a bad theory. Like maybe he's just trying to use this next four years or so, and then start as a grace period to kind of like get people used to the idea of Kanye maybe being a president. <laughs> and I did, I did find some information about his platform. Okay. Uh, it's just pieced together from, like, different quotes over the years, I think, though. So I don't know how reliable it would be for his actual political platform. Yeah. Just more of personal statements. But for abortion, he seems to be pro-life. <laughs> uh, with Black Lives Matter, he said that he told black people to stop focusing on racism, but clarified that his support for Trump didn't beat did not mean that he didn't believe in Black Lives Matter. Okay. And he did participate in George Floyd protests. <laughs> That's right. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. And then for criminal justice, he wants an alteration of the 13th Amendment, which he thinks is basically a trapdoor to enslave prisoners. Because mm. uh, it's okay. prison labor, I believe. Yes, yes, yes. That's what the back end of that 13th Amendment says. Mm-hmm. And then education, I think he basically wants to revolutionize schools from this one quote, but I don't know if he's got <laughs> a plan for that. What is, please tell me. Uh, he wants to create new schools that approach the way we should receive our education post the internet instead of a, quote, 1930s idea of how to put everyone in the same factory. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. not wrong. I mean, I agree. I don't know if he's the one to do it. Yeah, but I don't, <laughs> he's not wrong. I don't know what his plan of action would be to actually get that done. 
but he's got the right idea. He's definitely in the ballpark of what yeah. I think is. Kanye, I'm going to need at least like two more tweets to fully get your platform. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it in just one. Yeah, I think so. Maybe I think you get like 240 or something. Is it 240 now? Oh, yeah. Holy shit, dude. I don't even have Twitter anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not to put Twitter on blast, but fuck Twitter. Fuck Twitter. <laughs> Holy shit. Alright, and then the last statement for it is on gun control, where he says, the problem is illegal guns, not legal guns, which I think is a pretty rational argument for Yeah, it. I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, but again, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> You're just saying things. <laughs> yeah, it's not an actual obvious. platform. That was created an hour ago, we just got to give him like maybe a day. Yeah, I'm sure within the next 24 to 48 hours, he'll probably have some website rolled out with, like... Yeah, he'll a drop a new like, track. He'll de- oh, yeah, he's going to do it in a fucking album, that's for damn sure. <laughs> that's the only way. Didn't he just drop an album recently? Maybe there's, like, some hidden hidden lyrics in there. Maybe. Bro, new album coming out called The First 100 Days. The First 100 <laughs> Days. It's a banger. Oh, oh my cannot God. wait. I can't. I cannot believe that this is what... Our tw- our 2020 election has come to you guys. Like, <laughs> bro, like I said, it's the wild, wild west. <laughs> it's the wild, wild Kanye west of elections out here right now. Like, we have Trump and Sleepy Joe at the wheel right now. <laughs> and then Wrecking Ball Kanye West coming in third party. <laughs> yeah. Dude, can we talk about Joe Jorgensen, though? Like, nobody, L- has, nobody has brought this lady up one fucking Joe time. Joe Jorgensen. Is a libertarian... Okay, she's running for the Libertarian Party, and she has very sensible, very rational ideas, okay? She is, I think she is against big government, um, so she wants to minimize the amount of, you know, overbloated spending that we do. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. wants to not pass a, a federal budget unless it is balanced or um, it does not increase us into more of a federal deficit. She wants us to have and be able to um, protect the, you know, Bill of Rights and our First and Second Amendments specifically. And I'm just trying to quote, like, what she has off the top of mm-hmm. it. I think you guys pulled some stuff up. But mm-hmm. she's very, very, very sensible in all regards, I think. And nobody is giving her credit at all. Like, I only heard about her maybe a week ago. Yeah, and I, I and I think Bridger as well heard about her through you. Yeah, I didn't hear it until you said something. Mm-hmm. And going through her platform, and she actually has a website and has she issues does. broken mm-hmm. down yes. piece by piece. And you can go onto her website. It's joej2020.com. Uh, and you can look into these issues yourselves. But, yeah, they're all sensible, libertarian. They're based around reducing spending, reducing government involvement, and basically just letting us do what we need to do and do our own thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... I think now more than ever we need that. I think. Oh yeah. I think to take a step back. Everybody <laughs> is pissed off at the government in one way or another, mm-hmm. and I think that this is going to be the way forward. Is everybody just kind of taking a breather, not in a quarantine way, but in a uh, political way, just being like, okay, let's get some shit back together. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for sure, guys. Okay, I'm gonna. You guys have her information pulled up, but For her sure. education um, platform and, like, what she thinks about the Department of Educa- Education, uh-huh. I agree with it, and I don't know, I would love to hear your guys' opinion is, but she wants to eradicate the Department of Education because she believes that it is just another bureaucratic, bloated system that has failed and has only done um, 
you know, negative things for students and for um, people paying for the co- or the school. So I'd love to know what your guys' opinion yeah, is. I agree 100%. My mom's a teacher. Uh-huh. She tells me about this kind of stuff decently frequently, especially since we don't get much funding here in Idaho. Right. Mm-hmm. And especially with, like, you know, since Common Core has been rolling out and every year it's been getting a little more intense on that. She talks about how, like, she's a first-grade teacher, and they have to do a bunch of Common Core stuff, and she's like, it's just not how kids learn for most of it. You have to do it this way and teach it this certain way, and there's not much flexibility there. And so she, like, tries to incorporate a lot of, like, the flexibility of learning even, like, the main subjects into the parts where, like, it would normally be, like, the fun time for the kid, you know? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree that, like, I think that's one of our biggest issues by and large, like, as a country that affects everybody, is we have a weird, janked-up education system that can favor some people and, at the very same time, like, just trash them and put them through the ringer. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm tentative, though, about completely dissolving the Department of Education Mm -hmm. because I think it's more along the lines of, like, you know, police reform. Yeah, exactly. It's a problem nomenclature. Yeah what they're actually wanting to do. Yeah, but I think it's kind of along the same lines as what Kanye is trying to say <laughs> in um, that he, that we have a post-internet age. Right. We have, like your mom's saying, like kids learn in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And individual kids learn in different ways. Yeah, very different ways. And we can't have just this weird blanket system where we have 30 kids in front of one <laughs> probably yeah. stressed out teacher. Oh, yeah, very. Because <laughs> especially... Like, around here, uh, they don't have enough funding to get more teachers, so the classes just end up getting bloated in class size. Mm-hmm. Like, she's supposed to normally, I think, have a cap of, like, 24 students, mm-hmm. but every year it gets, like, 26, and then usually more throughout the year. Right, right. Yeah, I remember going through school, like, you know, just the public education system, and every single year it was... 30 or more kids in, in mm-hmm. each class, you know, mm-hmm. and even in middle school and high school when I was flipping through classes every single time, it was, I never had a class that was lower than probably 27, mm-hmm. and the reason, you know, I think the reason that that is is because we we throw money at problems, big government throws money at problems, but they don't actually, like, address where the money is going to go and how it's going to be beneficial, and so we start spending money on things that we don't actually need. And instead, you know, we could be either eliminating the process of, you know, like common core and stupid shit like that that makes everyone the exact same because nobody learns the exact same fucking way. That's just stupid. Yeah, Yeah, that would cut a lot of the funding as well because a lot of that common core stuff, the teachers have to go to classes to learn to teach a specific way even though, like, they might be good teachers on their own right and just, Mm -hmm. like, know how to find a kid's learning style and teach to them what they need to know but Mm -hmm. instead they have to like spend money to have these experts come out and teach the teachers and also all the pay all the teachers to go do the thing off of like yeah yeah off like not actually working at the school but like off in their own time yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's just we in no matter where you look i think that there's that issue and we, you could probably say the same things about the police, where we just mm-hmm. throw money at them. You know, they hit the budget, and you know, we're like, okay, increase the budget next year, but we're not addressing where this money is going, which is something that JoJo here, Joe Jorgensen, <laughs> is very, you know, adamant about. We need to be 
careful about how much we're spending. Like we have over $23 trillion in debt, and quantitative easing is only going to go so far. You know, mm-hmm. We can't keep putting mm-hmm. this pressure on our children and our grandchildren and our yeah, great-grandchildren. Quantitative easing is just maybe slowing the growth. Yeah, you can't... Ass- actually eliminating the debt. Right, <laughs> you can't assume that, you know, we can just inflate away the debt. No, the debt's always going to be there. It might just, you know, it might not be as much of a you know, percentage-wise in terms of, you know, how valuable our dollar is, and that's a very, very complicated topic that I don't even understand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like... Who does? You, you, can't, you can't just assume that eventually it's going to go away. No, people need to have their debt paid off and if they don't then it's it's a default and at that point it not only affects the person defaulting but it affects all the people around them because it then makes it more difficult for people to get money make money turn money around and invest it um, because there's less money supply overall because these people decided to take a bunch of money out of it and not put anything back into it so this this thought that like we can just inflate our debt away is absolutely fucking asinine to me because mm-hmm. nobody actually understands what's going to happen. And if yeah. we if we get either hyperinflation or deflation, well then all of a sudden that debt starts to become more more valuable and it becomes not in hyperinflation, but if we have a deflationary um, cycle, which could be possible, um, then that debt immediately becomes more expensive to pay off. Mm-hmm. So we're just assuming that eventually things will get less expensive over time, which, yes, that is the economic theory. It tends to be that way. But, but we also but have a profit-driven society. Well, and we also have a government who has been interfering in our monetary system and our economic system for so long that we have such an inflated artificial economy that it's not even actual capitalism anymore. It's a controlled system where the money comes in and out and people are, you know, Constantly crunching numbers, fixing shit, doing different things, moving interest rates, doing all this other stuff. Yeah, because we run too much on credit, man. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like we need to quit. Yeah, it's the credit and quantitative easing are just two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Where you know we expect to be able to pay it off later down the line, but yeah, if you're not able to plan ahead and appropriately use your credit, you're going to start maxing out credit cards. You're going to start going defaults on your shit and you're going to have to declare bankruptcy and it seems more and more as time goes on that's where we're getting at is we're becoming a crazed lunatic with new (laughs) credit cards every single time that we go out shopping and we just max them out throw them on the trash and forget about it but hmm, later down the line somebody's going to come and knock in trying to collect right and who knows if we're going to be able to pay that right and at this point, it's so, like, ingrained and tied with the global economy that, like, if there is something large-scale and we actually do have to default, it's like that won't just affect us. It affects, like, every Everybody. country in the planet. Yeah, every <laughs> single country in the world, well, nearly every single country in the world, their reserve currency is the U.S. dollar. So if the U.S. dollar fails, everybody fails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like this idea that we can just keep playing off debt and keep borrowing, like... Brad, what you were just saying with the credit cards is a perfect example of what the government's doing, just on a smaller scale. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, people can kind of put that into their personal terms. But that's exactly what the government's doing: is they're just buying, buying, buying with borrowed money, with no intent of paying it back. And eventually, the the people who are lending the money are going to want to be paid back. And if the government does not, you know, cough up that money, then it immediately makes everybody in the in the uh, United States economy 
it makes it more difficult for us to get loans or um, have people borrow money with us or invest things because we're such a high-risk person on the global scale. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that are tied in now that, like, if we start, if we continue to just play with our money and fuck with it how we have been and using borrowed money and future money and all this other stuff to live now, eventually it will collapse, and it's going to collapse huge. And mm-hmm. you're going to see, like, Brad, you and I were talking about this the other day. I genuinely believe that eventually we will see something greater than we did in the 1920s in the Depression era. I think Which it'll be I don't way know, worse. I don't know if that'll happen in our lifetime. That's kind of the debate we're having. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I think you're right. I, like I said, I don't think anything is too big to fail. And the way that we're going now, it seems to be that we're just going to go keep inflating, inflating, inflating until eventually our bubble pops. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... I just don't know if it's going to happen in our lifetime, but at the same time, with what's been happening with Trump and his office, we're going through that dollar milkshake theory, where um, our valuable or our dollar route uh, rather is getting less valuable to other countries because we're um, like we're taking it out of the market or something like that. I don't know. It was pretty high level economic theory, yeah. but essentially, it was just adding a. Con- it's another contributing factor to this theory that our dollar is going to fail and we're going to ha- go back to a gold or silver-backed system. And when that happens, if that happens, that's going to be devastating to people all around the world. And, like, you know, most people, like, if if we were to just, like, take it to the extreme and say, tomorrow, it's Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and shit's gone wild. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Most everybody in... The United States, we'll, we'll just keep it local. Most everybody in the United States will be fucked. They wouldn't be oh, able yeah. to farm their own food. They wouldn't be able to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. They would. A lot of them would just get, you know, scared and give up. Especially because <laughs> most of the population is just all in urban areas. Oh yeah, they've never mm-hmm. experienced most of those things in their life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> majority of our population is, you know, concentrated in the big cities, and so mm-hmm. if you cut off, so okay. Let me explain a little bit about how, like, our dollar becomes less valuable on the global market Mm -hmm. over time. Um, So, basically, what Trump has been doing with all of this coronavirus stuff is they thought that it would be a good idea to um, spend more money, right, in the HEROES Act Mm -hmm. and the CARES Act. Um, Great things. I don't, don't deny that, you know, it's good to help people, but the way they did it, is they printed a bunch of money. And the reason that our dollar is becoming less valuable on the global market Mm. is because we are just pushing more and more supply into the uh, market, but the demand is not nearly as big. And so the value of it is becoming way less, and that's what inflation is, is that, you know, if if there's a lot of it and um, there's not a lot of demand, then the prices are low, and <coughs> the prices are low, and um, it's harder to buy things. Or, I'm sorry, the, the prices are higher, and the dollar is worth less, so it's harder to buy things because you have to have more dollars to buy that same item. So essentially, you know, if we keep printing and printing and printing, eventually um, 
our dollar will collapse and no one's going to want to use it. And that's when, you know, the whole global economy will kind of start to to kind of, what's the word, sputter, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's when you'll see the real kind of recession taking place. Um, and so, like, if we just keep ignoring the debt, printing more money, eventually we're going to see things like milk and bread and gas be oh, 20 and 50 and a hundred dollars for one loaf and one gallon and one gallon, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's the concept of hyperinflation. And if we just keep keep printing and printing and printing with no way of paying it back, because at the same time, Trump cut a bunch of taxes, right? So you have all this money that you're borrowing, but you have no way of collecting tax on it to pay it back. So eventually, there's going like if you just think about that. That doesn't work, right? There's a log in that system. Mm-hmm. How do you borrow a bunch of money and not make the income on the federal level to pay it back? Like, it just, it blows my fucking mind. And we've been doing this for 45 to 50 fucking years. Like, <laughs> yeah. We started doing this in the 60s. Yeah, they just have come up with no plan to <laughs> Yeah, we just keep back. We just keep driving ourselves further and further into the hole. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think... A lot of these people are just so old that they're like, this is the way it's always been done. Mm-hmm. We can't deviate from the way it's always been done. <laughs> but uh, we got a lot of youngsters coming out, these millennials, you know. Mm-hmm. They say what you will about them, but at least they're thinking a little bit differently about things and saying, hey, how do we, you know, I don't think they're saying this first part, but I think they'll be saying the second part. They're mm-hmm. saying, hey, capitalism's great and everything, but look at all these issues. <laughs> and I think they're uh, leaving out that first half and saying, look at all these issues. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. I think the biggest issue is that people assume that capitalism, capitalism, capitalism is broken, mm-hmm. and the only way to fix it is to have the government spend more money to try to pump it up. But that's not how capitalism works. No, we need to change the laws. So. We need yeah. to stop regulating and we need to get out of people's way so that they can just conduct business on a person-to-person level. That's how you create a vibrant economy and that's how you create more wealth overall. Is that you let people just operate and do business without all making the them jump tape. through all the fucking hoops, go through the red tape. And this makes you, this, you know, saying this makes me sound like a fucking hardcore Republican, but that's just the truth. If you look at economic theory, you know, you have supply and demand. And as soon as you put a quota or, um, um, there's another word I'm thinking of, but as soon as you put some sort of like number on what an individual or um, a business can either make or not make, you immediately limit the amount of people that can enter into that market and use that good or service or actually, you know, produce that good or service and supply it to that market because immediately there's an amount of people that are put out of the market um, just by having that quota. So, like, you know, Brad and I were talking about this. Um, A minimum wage is a good example of that. Mm -hmm. You know, the people that aren't necessarily worth, that don't have the skills of $7.25 an hour, can't even get a job because the minimum amount that they have to pay is 725. And so that immediately eliminates a whole bunch of people from the labor market because they cannot they're not worth 725 an hour, which sounds bad to say, but in terms of 
workable skills, there are people out there that do not have those types of skills. And so you have, like, very young people, 13, 14, 15 years old, those people don't know how to work. So they're not really worth that much. You know, they shouldn't be demanding 15, 20 fucking dollars an hour. They're not worth it. <laughs> um, so if you have this minimum wage, it immediately makes people less likely to hire because you have to pay them X amount. Um, and so it, it limits the business's ability to actually produce more workers and create more uh, products and services so that more people can enjoy them. If you have more of things, then products get less expensive and you have more abundance. So more people have access to the pot. More people have the ability to actually contribute and take out of it. Um, but when you put somebody in the middle of it and you basically have a gatekeeper between the producers and the consumers telling them, oh, you can do this, you can't do that, um, that immediately slows everything down and it makes things more difficult. It makes things, people less likely and less willing to actually enter the market and do anything in the market because it's not worth it. Yeah, there's a huge convenience issue because it's like you have to have this upfront already to have like a safety net and to invest into something and to actually like commit to it and not have to work another job full time because there's all this red tape that you have to like jump through and all these steps you have to take instead of just going and making connections with people and networking and doing business. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it, like, disincentivizes innovation and new productivity and new companies to actually be created. Instead, like, the norm right now is just, oh, find a good job with the company that's out there. Yeah. And yeah. And I think that contributes to, or rather, something that contributes to that is just American laziness. Mm-hmm. Something has happened. I don't know when it happened, but some shift has happened where people have just gotten fucking lazy Mm -hmm. they do not want to do work we come from generations of farmers and veterans and Mm -hmm. people who do like real labor and we've somehow grown up by and large this generation has just grown up into be pussies Mm -hmm. like we do not care to put in work or to if there's something as simple as stocking shelves then Mm -hmm. they will drag their feet they will not put in the effort because they're saying humph my time is worth more than this i'm better than this Mm -hmm. well clearly you're not prove it (laughs) like let's see some shit if you couldn't get a better job beforehand then obviously you're not as worth as much as you think you are so yeah, and I'm not so, disparaging anybody who is stocking shelves or doing anything. There are plenty of hard workers, especially oh, yeah. right now in this qu- time of quarantine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are people who are working their asses off. But when times are good and things are, you know, we're not dealing with a pandemic, you have a lot of lazy, like, Go low, the minimum, say, worker, honestly, minimum like, wage workers. Especially in those situations with, like, shelf stockers and fast food employees and all that mm-hmm. it's like you're in that position work a little harder and in 90 percent of those situations you'll get a promotion you'll get a raise you'll get more out of it and then you'll get a better resume out of it and mm-hmm. you can find right. a better job and you can get that's references the, that's the way it works yeah you get references you network yeah but nobody wants to put in that legwork mm-hmm. i like i finally get what like the old people quote unquote were saying when like, you young folks just want to skip right through and you don't want to do any of the dirty work. Like, seeing now, like, some of the, our peers that we went to high school with and like, mm-hmm. how they interact with the world and 
how we try to interact with the world, it's vastly different, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I think that that is going contrib- to that can contribute to this whole thing that we've been talking about in lowering the debts. And if people work harder and their work is more valuable and we get more shit done, then I feel like there's just going to be less of a worry on the economic side because we're just going to be moving and producing and working on real tangible things than worrying about the numbers on the screen, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the people that are, like, so caught up and stressed about the financial side, and like, especially a lot of the younger people that, like, we're talking about with these situations is they're not even looking at the numbers on the screen. They're just trying to work extra hours and, like, make sure they can pay because they're just buying all this other shit that they don't actually need and is, like, intangible happiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's another thing, is that a lot of people just, they seem to mis, misinterpret what's actually important in, in you know, the workforce, and also, also in a consumer standpoint, you know? A lot of people think that you just need to buy everything that there is all the time, and that, you know, we just need to consume and consume and consume, but people forget about the production side, and that's where you get, you know, the people that are constantly flipping through jobs and shit is the people that can't sit down, focus on the task, and do the legwork to actually get something done, those people are the ones that fail. The ones that can actually try and, you know, put a little bit of effort in and make something of their day while they're there, those are the ones that you often see have success in their careers or even just in their, you know, part-time jobs. Those people are the ones that tend to get the promotions. They tend to get the raises. They tend to get the resume builders. They tend to get the references. It's those types of people that actually get to the next level because they're willing to stick their neck out and say, hey, look at me. You know, I'm trying here. Um, is there something I can do better or, you know, is this enough? There's, you need to constantly ask and seek betterment from the people that are in the above positions of you because you don't just automatically deserve the position you're in you have to work your ass off every single day to keep that position and if you just lull through your positions and you know you just go through the motions eventually you'll lose your job because somebody who's somebody will come in who's more tenacious who's willing to put in legwork who's actually going to make the company better and most people just don't want to do that they just want to consume and be all about them, and mm-hmm. I I don't I agree I don't know when that happened when the shift was but it just seems that most people don't want to actually try anymore they just want everything mm-hmm. given to them yeah yeah I see it a lot of work <laughs> for sure <laughs> and I think you know that is a huge contributing factor to maybe it is you know that forty five fifty year range that you were talking about with the whole debt crisis thing. Because I think that that is a huge contributor because we do not have real people making real connections, making real things, giving a real service or product, you know. We have gotten lost in the credit and the kind of flimsy imaginary side of economics and we've lost sight, you know. I believe that by and large, even right now during quarantine, most people are doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, especially comparing them to fucking 50 years ago. Most mm-hmm. people are doing very okay in the United States. Mm-hmm. We just need to tweak some things. We need to work on some stuff. And I think 
biggest thing is we need to get motivation back. We need to be working towards something. Mm -hmm. You know, we were trying to get to space for so long, and we were all excited about NASA, and everybody would Mm -hmm. sit around their televisions and get all giddy thinking about it. Like, what are we working towards as a species right now, you know? America's Mm -hmm. at its best when we have, like, a unified goal. Mm -hmm. And we have nothing to unify us right now. It just seems like... And it seems like it's been that way for a while now. It's At least the entire time that I've been alive, the 20 years that I've been on this planet, it seems like every single time I look at the mass and what's being projected to me from either media or officials that are in positions of power is just divisive, mm-hmm. negative fucking rhetoric. Mm-hmm. And all people want to do right now is make us feel indifferent about each other just based on ideas like people just have ideas you know they don't uh, people are just saying things at this point and people are getting fucking pissed about everyone's throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks like guys i just don't understand like their ideas and if you if you're the type of chill pill yeah if you're the type (laughs) of person that latches onto ideas and just thinks of them as the the almighty script yeah the word of law the word of god you should really consider reevaluating your position because I've often found, and I'm I'm at, I'm at fault with this as well, and I I think both of them, both Brad and Bridger can yeah, say everyone, that too. Everyone falls into it at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. it's confirmation bias. Yes, it's, I don't want to fucking think about it bias. Yeah, it's <laughs> whatever. Exactly. We all fall into it, but you got to work. You have to you have to you know be willing to accept that you know you kind of probably look at something and. You don't really dig deep into it, you know. You just you take your snippets and you take you take the the short two hundred and forty character tweets or whatever, or your headlines and your fucking or headlines. your thumbnails yeah. or whatever it is, and you just run with them. And we've we've been pushed more and more and more every single year since I've been alive, at least, to indulging in the snippets, indulging in the headlines, indulging in the fucking. Um, captions and things like that because it seems like somebody is trying to make us fall apart. I don't, I don't know. This, obviously, this is going into conspiracy shit, but like, <laughs> well, let's conspire. Let's son. conspire. I'm, it's 2020. Yeah, yeah, 2020 Kanye is running for president. <laughs> <laughs> let's conspire. Son. It's 2020. They've just been throwing us catastrophe after catastrophe. Which normally in history is like, you know, something to unify. Mm-hmm. But instead, right. <laughs> everything's just gotten more divisive. Everyone's just been driven apart. It <laughs> like, blows my what mind. What the fuck is up with that? <laughs> and I really think, I think a lot of it has to do with the way that we, you know, consume media nowadays. It's just like, most people only listen to one side of the argument. They're never willing to actually take on the other side. And so it's like you immediately have these echo chambers, these bubbles that people live in, and so they're not willing to poke their bubble or put a foot into somebody else's bubble. And that's causing more unrest in our society than ever before. We need to be willing to let go of our ideas and contemplate new ones. And I think a lot of people are not willing to do that, both on on all sides, you know? It doesn't matter... Where you come from. Yeah, or like at the very least, just 
to have a calm discussion with someone that has differing opinions. Like, yeah. whether or not you're going to actually, like, contemplate and, like, take that into your belief, just, like, don't freak out over it, at least. Yeah. Just take a deep breath, everybody. Just <laughs> very close your eyes, breathe in, <laughs> feel the fresh air, and then speak your mind. Yeah. All right? <laughs> it doesn't... I just don't... I really don't understand the heatedness in, in all of these discussions. It's like... I understand you're passionate, and I, I totally feel the emotion, you know? I'm emotional about things as well. But as soon as you let emotion run your arguments, you've immediately lost. Because nobody nobody wants to argue with an emotion. Because emotions are irrational, emotions are radical, and emotions are oftenly, often uncontrollable. And so you're immediately put into a corner if somebody is arguing from their emotions. And that makes us defensive automatically. You know, people don't like being in corners. So we need to stop just latching on to our emotional thoughts and actually start embracing some logical, th- you know, trains of thought. It doesn't matter what perspective you're coming at, whether it's left, right, center, fucking purple, I don't care. <laughs> we need to start looking at things from a, an objective, logical train of thought. And we need to really, I think we, as a collective, we just need to start making sure that what we're believing isn't just some sort of headline or some sort of snippet of information that doesn't encompass the entire you know play basically yeah Yeah. we've become so reactionary to things and so it's all emotionally driven it's like you see something and you react and you feel a certain way about it but instead of addressing like the problem or what what can be done about it you're just saying that thing is bad it makes me feel bad Mm -hmm. it's like okay so what's the next step there Right. It's and like you there can't is just none. you can't just be emotional <laughs> and react to it. You actually have to take steps and make or at least attempt to make changes, at least to attempt to make an argument mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of just shutting down and That's yeah. the other thing that doesn't make the sense. Work in, right. Put the fucking work in. But that doesn't make sense to me either. It's like I don't understand. Like if you're so passionate, so emotional about something, wouldn't you be more impelled or compelled rather to make a logical argument to actually defend your emotions like i just don't understand why people shut down and scream and get angry and just defile other people's characters because they have differing objective you just you just don't understand you don't know what it's like (laughs) come on kids do your research (laughs) do your research ladies and gentlemen (laughs) yeah no people just get like like you said, they're so tied emotionally into these issues. And, you know, like, Black Lives Matter, like, there's a lot of emotion there just regardless. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we're talking politics, if we're talking trade, when we're talking just pure, like, you know... When times are good and those... Logical... Yeah. When times are good and you have discussions at the dinner table with your family or you have, you know, discussions uh, over drinks with your friends... Those types of arguments is kind of what we're talking about, but, like... Yeah, like, people just, they attach their emotions to them so heavily, and when anything is brought up, like, to confront that, or that contradicts that, they feel as though they themselves, as a person, are being attacked for their identity, for their beliefs, for their this, that, or whatever, and... They they flip out and you see these you know those big explosions or you know the just this you don't you don't understand you don't know what it's like or something like that you know that they they believe like they themselves are a victim of this piece of the system or whatever 
And there's no way that you're ever going to be able to change their mind or have a civil discussion with them because in their minds, they've already thought about every single different angle and, and how dare you even oppose me when I've thought about it so much. But when it's like, okay, I have no idea how much you've thought about this or how much you know about this. I'm just trying to get some more information. Right. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> if you've thought about it so much, like, present to me what it is that you think. Like, I don't want to, like, start a fight here. I want to tell you what I think and hear what you think, and maybe we can meet in the middle. Right. <laughs> but any opposition is full opposition. Mm. Anything that is not, yeah, I totally agree with you and understand everything that you're saying is meant as a or seen as a personal attack, rather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need to quit that. It's crazy, man. It's absolutely <laughs> it's ridiculous. crazy. I just, I don't, I feel like a, another thing that, that that calls to is, you know, the snowflakiness that you find in people. Mm-hmm. People are just so fragile nowadays. It just, I, <laughs> I just, I, know, I everyone, seriously don't have words for it, man. No, it's funny to me, too, because, like, that phrase, or, like, that, uh, term snowflake is always like directed towards the left but it's like nowadays it's just everyone that's seriously or like not seriously quote unquote seriously they're very involved in politics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah everybody's a fucking they're snowflake all just so touchy mm-hmm. you can hardly talk to anybody or say anything without something <laughs> blowing up or exploding or anything like just Take a chill pill, everybody. Take a deep breath. Put in a good day's work. Feel good about yourself for once. And then have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Like, I did not know it was rocket physics. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently it is. Self-care and self-love is... It's rocket surgery, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So you need to learn rocket surgery, and then you might be able to do these skills. Um... But, uh, yeah, you know, it just, it's crazy. I mean, times are crazy right now. Kanye's running for fucking president. But is Kanye <laughs> going to be the unifying factor? Dude, I don't think is will Kanye going to be, will be Kanye the one? bring us together? I just, I don't see him doing it. Or I JoJo. Think, I think it would be JoJo. She's more, see, here's what I see, okay? You have the left who's really wanting something that's more politically correct, more, you know, Mm-hmm. in line with what a normal politician is. And then you have the right who just wants to blow the whole fucking thing up, it seems like, at least on face value. You know, I think yeah. the left wants to blow shit up too, but just they're, they're a little they're more a little sneaky more about, about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're a little more sneaky with it. Sneaky bastards. Or they're trying to be anyways. But I feel like Joe is a good middle ground because she's like, I need to blow shit up, and but, she's out there with it, but mm-hmm. she's also very... Yeah, intentional, very deliberate, very politically correct in nature. Yeah, I think she's a doctor of some kind. Like, she's a very well established person. Yeah, she's been in the political game for a little while now. Yeah, so So I think that she would be somebody who would be a good person to bring both sides together. Kanye, I just don't see it. I just, (laughs) he doesn't have enough political know how. In general, I mean, yeah, obviously he's Trump got that public appeal. I mean, he's got the public <laughs> appeal. He could definitely win a popular vote, no problem. I just don't, I don't see how people could get behind him, especially with this him his entrance so late into the race, mm-hmm. and That's him having absolutely really no actual platform. Like, if he's, it weren't for that, I, like after twenty sixteen, I wouldn't be that surprised to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of thought we might have seen, you know, just a West versus The Rock. He, I was yeah. hoping for that. <laughs> I, mean, I would. I would like to see that debate. 
I'd oh, like I would too. Fight. <laughs> That'd be a good one. Kanye versus The Rock. That's a short <laughs> fight right there. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just think, I think, yeah. uh, I think Joe JoJo would be the 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 one that would bring us bring us all together. I think Kanye. He's a very strong, powerful person, mm-hmm. and he has a lot of weight socially. Um, I just don't think he would be taken seriously at all, especially after Trump. I just yeah. don't think he'd be taken seriously in the White House. For sure. I agree with you, I think, 100%. You know, as much appeal and sway that Kanye may have, I don't think he has the know-how, and I don't think he has the drive, or possibly even the time with this gap deal that he just signed oh, to be able to be <laughs> president of the United States. He's got too many shit. Can you be POTUS and drop an album? I don't Probably. think so. I don't think so. <laughs> as long as he doesn't take any money from it, I think he can. He could drop a free mixtape. As long as it doesn't, <laughs> as long as it doesn't declassify any government secrets, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't want any of those leaked. <laughs> but yeah, I think anybody who's interested in what we've said about JoJo, go check out her website, mm-hmm. JoJ2020.com. She's got issues about herself and all this, that, and the other thing. At very the, thorough. At, yeah, at the very least, make yourself informed about the third option that they, there is going to be on the you know ballot in twenty in November, um, and possibly a fourth. I don't know. Look out for Kanye's agenda. Yeah, for <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> but I think we're gonna wrap it up there, guys. If you guys uh, enjoyed, don't forget to like and share. Um, also, you know, follow me on my Instagram at underscore Andrew Carlisle. Um, Brad. Yeah, you guys can follow me at Happy Hippie TD on Instagram or Happy Hippie Tada on Facebook. Um, Bridger, I want to say thank you for joining us. Do you have anything that you want to shout out? Uh, nothing now. I'll have games releasing at some point. Don't really have social media, but maybe I'll be back on the cast to keep you posted. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll sure, get him back sure. on here. We'll make sure you guys know a little bit more about him next time we get him on. But uh, thank you guys for listening. This is the Two Cents Podcast, and we'll see you guys later. Yeah, thanks Bye, for listening. Bye.